listening to the Ready for Departure podcast, written and presented by Private Pilot Steve Middleton. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 19 of the Ready for Departure podcast. In this episode, I'll talk you through another first for me since I qualified as a private pilot. It's a first I'd rather not have experienced. In some respects, I'm fortunate I was flying with another pilot, as the outcome could have been quite different if I'd have been on my own or with a non-pilot passenger. While this is not a flight I'm proud of, I feel that there are lots to learn from here and so I'm sharing it, warts and all, so that others may learn from my mistake. You will hear actual in-flight audio before, during and after the emergency. However, I should warn you there's a bit of bad language. I hope you understand my reaction. Let me talk you through the plan for this flight and how events unfolded leading up to the emergency. I shared another flight with Adrian, a fellow microlight pilot. We both learned to fly at Maine Air Flying School, based at City Airport Manchester Barton and we still both rent aircraft from Maine Air, taking advantage of their excellent PPL hire scheme. We'd planned a flight some time ago to Wolverhampton Hapney Green Airport, but had to scrub it at the last minute, and instead that day we flew to Rossall Field Farm Strip. I talked about that flight in episode 17, have a listen if you haven't already. The Rossall Field flight was in a Eurostar EV97. This time Adrian and I had booked Zulu Golf, my least favourite of the C-42s. It was the only one available. I've flown Zulu Golf before, in fact I did my solo consolidation in this aircraft. It has a couple of quirks that the other C-42s in the main air fleet don't have. The first thing to note about Zulu Golf is that at the time the oil temperature gauge was not working. It's fixed now. Despite assurances from my CFI that Zulu Golf runs a bit cold, that simply was not the case in my albeit limited experience. The gauge read zero the whole time. Another quirk is that the trim button doesn't work. I'm told that a gentle tap on top of the control, control stick will get it to function, but I could never get it to trim properly. That means flying it constantly out of trim. Fine for a short flight or circuits, but not really ideal for an hour plus flight to Wolverhampton, which was our destination on a cloudy Sunday afternoon. Interestingly, Zulu Golf also does not have an RT button on the dashboard like all the other C-42s in the main air fleet. It just has the trigger button on the stick that got me in so much trouble on my first ever C-42 lesson. So it's safe to say Zulu Golf is not my favourite aircraft. Nonetheless, flying is flying and the weather is good. Adrian has done the PPR and he's flying the outbound leg. I'll fly the return. It's a good day to fly. Warm up is a best guess as the old temperature gauge is still reading zero, but the cylinder head temperature reads okay and we're both satisfied we've given the engine a good warm. It's not a particularly cold day either, so Adrian gets us airborne with no dramas and takes us into the low level route. We've departed just after a Eurostar but we couldn't figure out what their intentions were as their position reports on the radio were not matching what we could see visually and at one point we were sure the Eurostar could not see us and was about to turn onto a potential collision course. Adrian put us into an orbit to allow the Eurostar to overtake us in a low-level corridor but inexplicably it turned around at Warrington and headed back to Barton. The rest of the outbound flight was uneventful apart from overhearing an airspace infringer who Manchester Air Traffic Control eventually got hold of after several blind calls to aircraft tracking north at 1,500 feet. Oops. Adrian pulled off a tricky landing at Wolverhampton with a not insignificant crosswind when we got to the threshold. We landed with a bit of a bump, see the video on my YouTube channel, and I admit I was a bit nervous thinking that I would have to take off in similar conditions, but fortunately for me the wind died down before our return. After a spot of lunch, a brew, and a wander around the airfield, including having a quick look around in one of the hangars, it was time to return back to Barton. Chris, the owner of Main Air, wanted us back by 5pm, so there wasn't a lot of time to hang around. 
As we were walking back to the C-42, I think this was where Adrian pointed out that the tower's radio was being broadcast to all the visitors in the runway viewing area. Hmm, I'm thinking, better not balls up my radio then, otherwise lots of people will be laughing at me. I balls it up anyway. Let's listen to my initial call on the ground. 8 degree information, Golf, Charlie Delta Zulu Golf, request taxi for a flight to Barton, 2 PLB. Golf, Charlie Delta Zulu Golf, taxi, holding point runway 16, fire 04, QNH 1022. Taxi to 16, fire 04, QNH 1022. Golf, Zulu Golf. Golf, Zulu Golf, QNH 1022. 1022, Golf, Zulu Golf. I actually wrote down QNH 1022, but I scribbled it so quickly the last two looked like a 1. That's what I read back. Don't. Let's wind back slightly. So, Adrian has just told me about the loudspeaker broadcasting the radio. I'm thinking about what I'm going to say on the radio as I close the door and lock it. I then go to put my harness on, but realise I've trapped it in the door. I undo the door, free the harness, close the door, and get myself securely strapped in. Once the engine is started, I get our taxi clearance. Can we follow the C-42, In my mind, I'm screaming, don't follow me. I haven't got a clue where I'm going, other than following the little map on my kneeboard and hoping it marries up with what the FISO is telling me. After a short hold, I get to the runway and do my pre-takeoff checks. Conscious that I another aircraft right behind me who has somehow managed to do all these checks before me. An aircraft lands and then I have the runway. Runway 16, take off at your discretion. So I line this up, quick final check of the windsock, and we've got almost a 7 knot crosswind component. I've got interwind aileron and the takeoff is a good one. Once I've run out of runway below, I lift the left wing to have a quick look and then turn as crosswind and to the north. My intention is to climb straight out of the circuit back towards home. Less than 90 seconds after takeoff, you will hear me swear. Apologies in advance. Listen to a condensed version of the takeoff audio. Okay. Drop to the golf. Enter backtrack uh, runway 22, hold short of 160. Enter backtrack 22, hold short of 16, golf, here we go. That should do us, should Yeah. Golf, here we go, ready for the patch. Golf, here we go. Runway 16, take off at your discretion. Surface wind 220 degrees, 8 knots. Take it off, golf, here we go. Crosswind. Yeah, crosswind from okay. the right, and yeah, happy, good to go. Do you want me to do that? Ah, I got it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the left-hand door has fully opened in flight. The cockpit is suddenly filled with the noise of the air rushing past. After being initially startled, I realise the aircraft is still flying normally, and reach out slowly with my left hand, grab the door, and pull it in towards me. While I've pulled the door closed, I'm unable to lock it in position. If I let go, the door would immediately swing open. I ask Adrian to take control while I try and figure out what's wrong and get the door locked. Got control. Yeah, I've got it. I can't lock it. At first, I think the door must have warped when it flipped open. In my mind, the speed we're going has somehow bent the door as I'm unable to get it to line up, which is why the door handle won't turn to the fully locked position. When I look over my shoulder, I can see daylight where the door seal would be. Can't lock it. Pull the power back a bit. The wing, the door, the door's busted. I think you're going to have to fly back or we're going to have to land again. <laughs> Not closing it at my elbow. Nothing trapped in there, nothing. But is it, will the, the knob just not twist? Well, I've twisted it, but the problem is the door's not shut at the end. It just looks like that pin's not lined up. Yeah, no, I It's like something's trapped in it. I mean, I've got it, but I'm going to have to hold it 
up until we land. Yeah. You're going to have to fly, I'm afraid. You, unless you want to go back. Uh, not particularly. So I've made a very quick decision here. Thinking the door is broken and wondering how I would continue holding a broken door for the whole flight, I suggest turning back to the airfield. Adrian is not enthusiastic about a return and it would be highly embarrassing to do so, plus we'd have to pay another landing fee. As Adrian is now flying, I feel I should really try and see if I can resolve this, especially since I don't want to have to hold the door shut for an hour. Eventually, Adrian suggests the wind might be pushing the door out of alignment and to push it forward, then turn the doorknob, which works. Pushing the door forward first makes it line up, then the knob turns as it normally does. I'm pretty sure it's locked at this stage, but I'm hesitant to let go in case it pops open again. I gently let go of the door, expecting it to pop open again, but it stays shut. I'm relieved, I've calmed down, we have a bit of a chuckle about it, there's more bad language I'm afraid, but I suspect it was the release of tension that made me swear more than I normally do. Well that's my excuse and I'm sticking to it. I think that's it, take it. Yeah, go on a fucking hell, I have control. So I say, I need to get my head back in the game. I do a full scan out of the window, looking for other traffic, check my speed and altitude, then look at my iPad on my knee to check my position. It's at this point I realise my map is missing. It was the only thing that was on my left hand side, a habit I've formed from flying the Eurostar as the left hand side in the EV97 is a handy place to keep the map. It's clear of flap and trim controls. I checked temperatures and pressures are in the green. Yep, you've guessed it, the oil temperature is still reading zero. We have a short conversation about the gauge and yes, I swear again. Sorry mum. Yeah, 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 it's showing about 55, it's it just that's, that's the bottom. But when you find something you're not that familiar with as well. I'm hoping beyond hope that the map has fallen on the floor, but I know it's fallen out of the aircraft. I check around and I don't see anything else missing. Adrian still has his own map and I have the iPad with Skydemon running strapped to my kneeboard. So I don't mention it until we've landed. Once the engine is off, I have a quick look on the floor for the map. It's not there. That's when I come clean with Adrian. Typically his reaction is just to laugh. It's an extra £16 down the drain to replace the map and a stern few words from my CFI. For anyone that's wondering, the C-42 flies just fine with the door open, but it doesn't seem to be recommended in the pilot's operating handbook. Apparently both doors can be removed and the C-42 is approved by the CAA for flight with both doors removed, not just one, but both. I don't see anything anywhere about flying with one or both doors open. My recommendation is just don't do it. And with that, I'll leave you to think about what I did wrong what I should have done different and what maybe I got right. I'd love to hear your thoughts and well that's it for this episode of the Ready for Departure podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did then please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Just search for Ready for Departure. Have you had an in-flight emergency? Please come onto the podcast and let's talk about it. If you'd like to give us a star rating and review on Apple Podcasts that would be fab. The podcast is also available via Stitcher, Radio Republic and many other podcast providers. If you're an Apple hater, you can download the episodes in MP3 format at www.readyfordeparture.uk. Our Facebook page is at facebook.com forward slash readyfordepartureuk. Please give our page a like. Finally, videos of the flights that are an inspiration for this podcast can be viewed on my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Steve Middleton. There's a shortcut to the YouTube videos that might be a bit easier. That's r4d.uk slash videos. Stick that in your browser. Please do watch, comment and subscribe if you can. Your feedback is very much appreciated. 
Thanks for listening to the Ready for Departure podcast. Music was by Josh Woodward and Chris Abriski. You can find out more and get in touch at readyfordeparture.uk.